please be advised that this podcast may contain strong language and themes of an adult's nature. I just got back. Oh, it's impossibly hot in Lagos. SPF, factor 50. Fucking hell, John. Have you seen the sun? Scorching in it. Skin sensitive. Hot. Raw. Shine your eye, Jerry. Pregnant pauses between platitudes and drop pennies. Give in to the ebb and the flow. Accept alluring invitations to dance with time wasters. Watch Fat Wallace skinny up the truth. Hearts blackened by the learning process. Masterly hands calloused from experience. Blotchy. This has been my reality of Lagos. My mother told me that she would buy me a rubber dolly if I was good. Good. And now for the Unsullied with Orica Goddess. Get in there. Before Jua Legba, before Suruleri, between Allen Avenue and Portakot's firstborn, there was Ibute Meta. See what I did there? <laughs> Etza. I was like, oh, wow. A, okay. A. Nice but for me, my first introduction, uh, introduction rather, to the work of today's guest was Strongting. Many Nigerians see him as the king of R&B, so much so a lot of us call him R&B-W. Uh, he's very creative. He's very, very strategic in the execution, in, in a lot of things that he does, actually, which we'll be revealing as this goes on. And he's managed to evolve in a way that I respect and have come to value a lot since uh, my time in Nigeria. He's definitely one of the people I trust to call on when things are going completely tits up for me. He's a true friend and confidant. And I'm oh, my so God. Happy this is beautiful. That you're Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm just overcome with emotion. Give me my money. I've said what you wanted Listen, me to I'm say. I'm taking you with me to every show. <laughs> they must hear this first. Ah, hello. I've done some things all right in this country. I didn't mind. His name is Banky W, and this is why he's on Solid. Welcome. Yay, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's so, been a while since we've had an interview. It's been so long. It's been a few years, yeah, actually. Yeah. I was looking at some old footage I had on one of my really old phones. Um, of there was me, you, Missy in the studio. Oh wow! How's Missy? Decided to go celebrate. She's a mother now. I know. Two kids. Oh my gosh! She's like just. Why well, don't you know, Erica? Why well, still okay. here? Okay. I'm alright. I'm alright. I'm happy. <laughs> 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 no, the world doesn't need any little me's running around just yet. <laughs> It's a public service I do, really. So um, I did promise that I was going to make fun of you. So I will do that. Let's now. go. What okay. What you got? Um. When I asked you to come on this, what By did the you way, ask just for? know that when you mm-hmm. do this, you're mm-hmm. opening yourself up. No. And I will probably win no, this. You're not allowed to do that. Okay. Okay. No problem. So what did you ask for when I said I would love to have a sit down and chat with you? I didn't ask for anything. I never he asked, asked for anything. fresh pineapple juice. You're a liar. Squeezed you by are virgins <laughs> with hair. Brushed a thousand times a day by you're, blind monks. Yeah, mixing the me up with the Taliban guy then, you heard last <laughs> night. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, there must be fresh pineapple juice. Only Ciroc, please, and not just any kind <laughs> of Ciroc. It must be true. peach Ciroc. No, 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 no. First, first, one, first okay. of all, I did. You said, "What is your poison of choice?" Yes. I said, naturally. You could have said pure water. You don't even have to ask that. Government juice. Because if you ask me about what I want to drink, yeah. it's going to be Ciroc because Ciroc is awesome, which okay. is what we're drinking which right now. Which is what we're drinking right now. And you mixed make this special by yours mix. truly. Yes. This is my special mix. Mm-hmm. And that's all I asked for. It Everything smells like else. happiness on a summer's barbecue kind Do you of say day. it smells like? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I like the way it smells. I, I mean, the it drink, not. Like. No, it smells like it. Oh, it does. Go on, smell. give it a sniff. 
It does smell like happiness. Yeah, it smells really nice, yeah. Happiness in a cup. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. That's the new name of my mix of Ciroc. Happiness, Happiness in, in a cup. cup. I love it. All right, let's get into it because I've only got you for an hour. Mm. Um, and I need uh-uh, to. You want to kiss somebody? An hour is enough now. It's uh, not hello. enough now. You hello. have a lot to tell. I didn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't remember exactly how we first met, but I do remember the first time your name came up in a conversation. And that was with a guy called Jason. Do you remember him? He used to work at the beach. I do remember Jason. And he came back from the gym one day and said, oh my goodness, I just met this guy. He is an amazing artist, does R&B. Yeah, he was Jason's at the gym, cool. was working out, he was pumping iron. And we should all hang out with him. He's a really good guy. You will like him. Oh, really? And he said yeah, that? seriously, yeah. Oh, that's nice. I was like, what's his name? He says, oh, Banky. I was like, oh, okay. And at the time, I hadn't connected the dots that you were the same Banky that I'd been sort mm. of your music and strong thing and all of that. Oh, okay. But uh, beyond that, I can't remember the first time we met. But I, I feel don't know like if it I've was the first time we met. But there was, I remember the first time that you you etched out a space in my memory, oh, and it goodness. was in a club in a called club. Bacchus. Was it Bacchus? Yes. I thought and it was that were, other one. Mm-mm. The you know the one that had the the no, Latin no, 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 no. kind of. It was Bacchus. And, had, uh-huh. and you were wearing something. It was a dress that was, was like white, when he remembers and it was shorts. <laughs> And you were dancing, and I, was on the table. and I said, "Jesus is Lord." <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. But that was the first time that I, I don't, I don't know if that's that's probably not the first time we met. But that was when I was just like, "Hello, how are you doing?" <laughs> but it's been it's, my days know, is when I used to be uh, uh, auditioning constantly. To you be part of used the last to turn up every... like properly. I, I used to love turning up. It's still you. in me somewhere. I think. I don't know. I think that that ship has sailed. No, it can't. It can't. Never. Not really. <laughs> So if you close your eyes right now and you try to imagine your youth, mm. give it a flavor. What would that flavor peach be? Peach Your yes. youth. You weren't, you weren't drinking peach rock <laughs> as a child. A flavor of what? Like, what do you mean? Flavor? Just a distinct flavor that comes to mind when you close your mouth and you're, you try and taste what your youth was no, like. I, I guess Let me give an example. Yeah, okay. Mine, one of mine would definitely be lime. Mm. And the reason is my grandmother used to sit me between her lap, forcibly, mm-hmm. and she had this horrible mix of alum. I don't know what that is in English, but I know they called it alum. As an alomo? No, just alum. <laughs> this white, creamy, cloudy-looking block of, that sounds of torture. like terrible. And she would crush it with lime juice, fresh lime, mm-hmm. and then have me straddled in between her lap. And then with cotton wool, just scrub my tongue with it. What? Yeah. Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) So close your eyes Eyes closed Thank you Mm -hmm. And then try to taste your childhood What does it taste like? (laughs) Sorry, taste what? Your childhood (laughs) (laughs) You can't tell me to close my eyes and then try to taste Like that just takes Okay, I'll show you how it's done Okay, show me how it's done Eyes closed Mm -hmm. Mouth closed And then you run your tongue over your teeth The roof of your mouth (laughs) And see mine is Okay, what are you tasting? Alum and lime. Sorry? Crushed alum and lime. First of all, what is alum? I have no idea what alum is, okay? I know that's what my grandmother called it. It was cloudy, like a rock. You sure it's not milk of magnesium? No, 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 it's a rock. Like, I think they clean snail with it. Maybe. Huh. I've seen that somewhere in the market before. And how do you know what this is? Because I used to have to down this thing. Well, not down it, but she she would crush alum and squeeze lime and lemon juice on it, and then take a cotton like a big cotton swab no. 
and scrape my tongue with it. Like what? Wash my tongue with it. Yeah. Why? Did because you my tongue was eat white. Lizards? <laughs> my tongue was white. What possible reason? I was told I had Hold my tongue was coated and it needed to be pink because everyone's tongue's pink, right? And so that was the. It's all these old people. I do. My grandma tried. That just sounds brutal. It sounds like it was brutal because I mean, up until very recently, and I'm talking months ago, I could not. You can offer me a drink and have a lemon wedge in it. I won't touch it. Oh my god! When I went gosh. to restaurants and they put lemon or lime that on the like, by the fish, I don't need it. Sounds traumatic. It was. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. Do you need a hug? But I had other things too. I had good <laughs> things like hibiscus, the nectar, the juice from the hibiscus. You just pluck it out. A hibiscus as in the flower? The flower. So you pluck the flower from the green parts, the, the, the petal. I've never seen a hibiscus flower. Where have you personally. been, dude? Around. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> not in the right places. Clearly. Hibiscus. But then again, you were drinking flowers and getting your tongue scrubbed. Scrub. Maybe so that's why my I'm tongue was comfortable <laughs> with where, the places that I was because I didn't have to go through that. Hibiscus juice, the nectar. It was sweet. It was really good. I see. Yes. Okay. Um, so clearly, my childhood was not anywhere as interesting as yours. Agualomo, sweet Agualomo. I know Agualomo tastes like for one guava. I know what guava. I had lots like of guava too. growing up, Did you? and I used to love running through the our neighborhood, and we had lots of touch me nots, and Which I love touching them. It's like this little flower; you touch it, and then it closes up. Oh, I know those. Yeah, like green. Yeah, green. I know. Those. Now, in retrospect, it's boring ass plants, but to me, it's just exciting to touch something and it closes like. <gasps> Knows I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> this is too funny. Yeah. Um, so, what would your yours uh, be? Uh, what would mine be? If I close my eyes and taste my childhood, it would be grilled peri peri chicken mm. drumsticks. Mm. Well, not necessarily peri peri because I didn't have peri peri. I was kid. going to say that's a that's new... a, a more recent. Yeah, thing. but it definitely be a chicken drumstick because okay. chicken drumsticks were the highlight. Of my culinary experience as a kid. Okay. So, till today, I still love chicken. Okay. And my favorite part of chicken is still... Drumstick. The drumstick. Mm. Uh, except when I was a kid, what made it even more important was because they always saved the drumsticks in the pots for my dad. <laughs> so, we would sit around on Sunday afternoons and have the family lunch after church. Mm-hmm. And they'd pass the stew around and obviously they served the father first. Yeah. And he'd just take all the drumsticks out of the bowl. And I'd just be looking at it like, really? Like, I mean, I'm guessing he bought the I used chicken. to resent. That does not... Listen, I... It was re- his house. I, I refuse. His roof. To, like, I share my drumsticks his in my chicken. house now. <laughs> with other people. Okay. okay. They could have left some for me. Do you really share? Which they did. They did. They okay. did. You know, every now and then a drumstick would slip through the cracks. <laughs> so... But, but because like, your dad caught you giving him side I, eye. I shit you not. This was the highlight of my week. Okay. Eating wise was Sunday afternoon rice, chicken stew, and dodo. Yeah. Especially if I got the drumstick. It was just like, oh man, this is a great week. It couldn't get any better. Perfection. That is. Did you spend a full week sucking up to your parents just so you can guarantee that drumstick Sunday afternoon? I was I was a very interesting child because I was very good and very bad at the same time. Hence you're a very good bad guy song. Which Till today, I still feel like, in some respects, I'm very good and very bad at the same time. So when I was a kid, I would do some ignorant shit. Like I would do some really, you know, when when you think back about it, and you're just like, what was in my mind when I thought that this was a good idea? (laughs) But at the same time, I would always get excellent grades. Okay. So it was like, 
I was a, I wasn't like a bad. You know how bad kids are like, just bad. Yeah. I wasn't like one of those. You had a cause to your badness. I was a rebel with a cause. Okay. So I would, I do some messed up stuff, but then I do well in school. So, with me, it was always like it was a well. Ba- I like to think it was a well balanced child. Okay. Who wasn't like who, a perfect. So a good boy who just had brain touch once in a while. You know, a little brain touch is healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It keeps things interesting. You can't just be good all the time. Like, who wants that? Exactly. Yeah, so. Were you shy as a child? No, not at all. I was I was one of the kids who uh, was into a lot of things. So I was like singing, acting, writing the school play, co-directing it, playing football, uh, assistant head of the debate team, assistant head boy of the school. Like, I was always... There was always multiple activities going on mm-hmm. at the same time with me. So where did you? Where were you born? Where did you spend your first, let's say, ten years? I was born in a very tiny place. Well, I don't know if it's tiny geography wise, but I was born in a place called Iowa City, Iowa. Okay. And from then till when I was about four or five years old, my parents moved around the states, from Iowa to Ohio. Spent some time in New York. Spent some time in Houston. Kind of just around mm. and then uh, moved back to Nigeria where I lived until I was 17. Okay. You, when did you move to Nigeria? When I was four or five years old. Okay. Yeah. So did you ever feel like perhaps you didn't fit in in any of these places from moving to Iowa to New York, as Nigeria? As far as I can remember and probably even until today, I still feel like I'm too African for Americans mm. and I'm too American for Africans. Mm. So, and that's just the way that I am. The Even the music that I make now, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't make like the Jim Jimpa, Nigerian music. Yeah. And sometimes they're like, ah, your music is, sounds foreign and they say all these things. And mm-hmm. then, but then on the flip side, you go to America and they're like, oh. You sound very African. You sound very African. Yeah. So I've always kind of walked that line, mm. that thin line. But. You know, I just like to think of it as being unique and, you know, I just kind of created my own lane and I I really enjoy being different from everybody else. I I really like that. Yeah. I mean, for you to to enjoy your your what distincts you from other people. Mm-hmm. Um I'm assuming that means you you're very confident with who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And you identified your own voice quite early on in life. Um I don't I don't know what you term as early, but I identified it at some point along the way and I realized that, you know, Life is easier when you're yourself. Yeah. You know? Like, a lot of people kill themselves or break their backs trying to be like what people expect them to be or mm-hmm. what they think people expect them to be. And that's just stressful, man. Like, and at the end of the day, you're not still not being yourself. So it's just, it's hard, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you're setting yourself up for a tough time. Whereas if you are yourself, and people, I think, connect to what is genuine. Right. So if if you're being yourself, even if somebody else is not exactly like that, they'll be able to sense that you're being genuine and you're mm. being truthful about who yeah. you are and they'll appreciate that. Yeah. So. Okay, so how how did you find your voice independent of your beliefs and what you read without being... I mean, obviously, I know you're very well read mm-hmm. and there's sometimes I meet With people who think Lord. they know <laughs> they know who they are, but actually, they I find that they, they actually don't. You know, mm. what they're saying is they're literally regurgitating something else they've read mm. or they've witnessed somebody else's experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have a very distinct hold on, on who you are. Mm-hmm. So how did you get that? How did you carve your own voice in the cacophony of noise of, of well, the world I, around I, you? I'm actually of the opinion that that who you are is really a product of your environment 
and the things that you go through and your family and your friends and mm. and the good things that happen to you and the terrible things that happen to you i think those things all kind of play a part into making you who you are okay um so i'm i'm comfortable with drawing influences and drawing different you know i guess I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm comfortable with that. We're drawing influences from different people and different experiences and things of that nature. Okay. In terms of how I found it, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. I think you just get to a point where you you just know who you are. So you just get to the point where you become comfortable in who you are and you know what makes you tick. You know what makes you happy. You know what irritates you. You know you know what inspires you you mm. know what you know kind of turns you off and i think that's a fact part of it is age because i think you know regardless of what anybody tells you at 13 you think you know everything that you need to know but you really don't mm-hmm. and at some point you get to the point where you think back about yourself at 13 and you're like man i was dumb I'm as such shit an idiot <laughs> you, you know um so part of it is age part of it is life experiences Part of it is just kind of growing into your own, you know, and being willing to accept who you are. Mm. I think it's, you know, especially when you're younger, a lot of times you're trying to please everyone else mm-hmm. or, or living up to your friends' expectations or your family's expectations or what you think society wants. But then some people, and I did, get to the point where you just know who you are and you know what makes you tick and you was there be- an age where you, accept that. you hit that where you um, think about it now age? where you can be was like well when i was 21 i knew exactly i would say it happened somewhere in my mid 20s okay i'd say somewhere in my mid 20s somewhere around when i kind of had graduated from university mm-hmm. but but the seeds for that had been sown from when i was a kid you know so my if you ask me, my most important phase in life was actually secondary school mm-hmm. because 70% of everything that I do now or even more, the the foundation of it was in secondary school. The way that I think, the way that I write, my interests, which have now become what pays, pays the bills yeah. and all of that was literally from secondary school. And that's why till today, I still go back to my secondary school my teacher that was very instrumental in helping me to pursue whatever interests that you yeah. know were you know close to me or whatever or, in, or interesting to me I still go back I still try to say thank you because if if for some reason he didn't take an interest in me and kind of push me towards singing and acting and writing and doing all these things I definitely wouldn't be here and it would have been such a waste so was it that you, you had the talent but you didn't realize you had a natural flair for it when you were in high school but then somebody spotted that in you or it was something that you did but you were also really strong at I don't know here's, here's, geometry here, let me give you an example so I'd always been very creative from right from primary school teachers had always told my mom that ah, this your son He's good at music. He's mm-hmm. good at so many things. Do you He's play instruments? I did. I, I, I still flirt with instruments, but I'm not good enough to like record it or perform it. So Which I, instruments? Uh, the piano. Mm-hmm. And I was for a while, I was fooling around on the acoustic guitar, which is actually my favorite. Is there still a piano instrument. in your house? I think there I saw one last. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I've slacked off on my learning. I need to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so on my first day of secondary school this is uh, this is a good story that they actually my mom and my teacher actually reminded me of this 
So my first day of secondary school, my English teacher comes and teaches a class. This first day, GS1, you know, all of that. Then he gives us an assignment, which was like, write... He didn't just write a story about something. He, he gave us like a couple of topics to choose from. So you had to pick a topic, go home, write a story and bring it back the next day. Yeah. So that night, you know, I cook up this story that I thought was interesting and then I write it down and I bring it back the next day. And the following day, he comes back and hands back our papers and then he calls me aside and he says, who wrote this story for you? And I said, who, who wrote was I wrote yeah. it myself. He's like, listen, you know, you're just this, you're new in secondary school. I know you wanted to impress and all of that, that I should just tell him the truth and I, I won't be punished for it. I said I wrote this story myself. He said no. He said this is the wrong way to start out your career in secondary school. Like he was really like trying to get me to tell yeah. me the truth. And you know, I was what? 11, 12 years old at the time. So I was really frustrated. Like I I think I even broke into tears. Right. That. So I went home that day really pissed. I was like, mom, which kind of secondary school did you send me to? <laughs> my teacher doesn't believe I did my homework myself that you saw me writing here mm-hmm. on the dining table. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, my mom brings me... Sorry, am I talking too long? No, 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 go on. So the next morning, my mom brings me back to school and drops me in class and without my knowledge, goes and sees... She asked me what the name of my teacher was the night before and I told her. So she goes and sees him and she tells him that, you know... she you heard upset that she, my son. No, that she heard that he doesn't believe that I wrote okay. the, the story myself, that her son is actually very creative or that she doesn't even know what she's else she's supposed to do to encourage me in ah. that but that if he doesn't believe he should call me now and put me in a desk in his office and give me another, another thing to write yeah so that he can see and then maybe he, he can even help her encourage me or tell her what she's supposed to be doing to mm-hmm. encourage me so i didn't even know any of this had happened behind my back mm-hmm. so my teacher calls me into his office he says okay sit down i just you know fine no problem i know you wrote it but i just want you to write another one mm-hmm. so he gives me a different topic and the thing that I wrote in 30, 40 minutes during my lunch break, he said was even better than the one you that did. he didn't believe that I wrote in the oh, first wow. place. So at that point, he now started speaking to my mom and she was like, he's interested in music. He writes, he acts, he does all this in church. He does a million and one things. So from that point on, he would always just make sure that... Uh every end of year activity I was singing or I was writing or I was dancing I was acting I was just he just kept allowing me to express the things that came to me and make it and you know it's just because as a kid you can get distracted so making sure that so end of year is coming what are you going to do this year what are Mm. you going to do now you know there's something happening you know so he just kept kind of pushing me in those directions were you able to keep your grades up as well whilst you were and that was the ironic thing I was always good I was always I was never like number one in class, mm. but I was always like top five. Because I, I think if I dropped everything and just wanted to be an Efiko, mm-hmm. I probably could have, you know, had like a four O and just been on points throughout. But I always had so many interests. And I think that personally, I'd rather that kids get to explore all of that, you know, because you never know. Look at me now. I mean, I studied engineering in university. Yeah. And I'm doing everything but that, you know. But if I didn't get the chance to explore all of these things, I probably would have just been a kid that did his math and sciences and, you know, Mm -hmm. had like a boring... Not that people that... I'm sorry. Not that people that are doing that are living a boring life. But I wouldn't be as fulfilled as I am now. Right. So, Which is is more important, I guess. Fulfillment. Um, Now, 
Do you have an idea or sense of what you think people see when they see a picture of you or when they hear your name? What image do you think they have of you? And do you think you're that person? I have very varying... um, People have very varying impressions of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people think, you know, he's a talented artist. Some people think he's a good businessman. Some people think he's a snob, which isn't true. But they always find out later that it's not true. Until he um, asks you for special pineapple juice. He never did. And fresh cranberries. Stop telling lies. Don't get struck by light. That haven't live here. seen or been anywhere near. Moving on. Okay. Uh, but what I think that is more important um, than what people think about you is what you think about yourself. Uh, I read somewhere, I don't know who said this, and I, th- I think it might have been Bill Cosby, and I don't really want to quote Bill Cosby considering everything that That's he's going through. Sense, yes. But I think he was the one that said, I don't know the secret to success, but the secret to failure is trying to please everyone. Right. And so I think I kind of figured out at a very early point that people will always have varying impressions of you. People will always think that you're this or you're that or you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. And if you worry so much about that and spend so much time dwelling on it, you're just going to run yourself down. Mm. At the moment, when they write articles about me, I read blogs. I just don't read comments. Mm. Because I don't know where these people are in their lives. Maybe they're bitter about something. Maybe they're happy, they're unhappy. or I don't know. You know, They're just trolling the internet. Mm-hmm. But you can sit there and obsess about what this comment said or that comment said. Or you can just put your best foot forward and just try to be the best person that you can be. Right. And let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. Some people will love you. I mean, I said this in the, in the Jai Rimi song. If the Bible tells you that they said so much crap about Jesus that they killed him, right? right. And this is somebody who, by all accounts, biblical and in history, was a pretty good guy. Mm. You know? He's going around healing people, making people feel better, mm. you know, delivering people and all of that. And they say so much crap about him that they crucify him. Yeah. Then, who you know, you, you really? who are you and me? In like, the general you know, we're, scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're up for grabs. Let, they, they're going to do what they want, but you can't worry about that. Otherwise, you drive yourself nuts. So yeah. I don't really care at the bottom line. But who would you say you are then? Outside of other blogs or who would I say impression that I am? of I am being? a... Uh, I'm a very ambitious um, young man. Young. Let that be known. <laughs> I didn't Early say anything. 30s. Okay. <laughs> uh, people think that I'm older than that. Do you know that? Anyway, moving on. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a very ambitious young man. Somebody who works hard. Somebody who um, is trying to be the best person that he can be. And trying to affect the world around him as positively as he possibly mm-hmm. can. That's and then how do you bring who you are? How do you marry that with your art? And, you know, how do you represent the art form? My, with- my art, my art um, and then I guess specifically my music mm. has always been, and, and increasingly more so probably in the last couple of years, um, has been very reflective of who I am. So in my case, I know some people you know, just make whatever song, whether it makes sense or whatever. But in my case, my, my music has always been, um, almost always been music that directly reflects 
who I am and what I'm going through. So if I if I'm singing a song about a girl, I was probably meeting a specific girl or in a period where I was meeting girls. If I'm singing a Lagos party, Lagos party I wrote because we had literally gone to different clubs in Lagos on my birthday mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. And that's where the inspiration came from. And if I'm singing a yes no or a strong thing, you know, there's either a very specific situation or it's a, a kind of a, an amalgamation of different experiences into one or whatever. And so, and and I think more importantly, which unfortunately listening to albums is a lost art now. So people don't listen to albums anymore. They just listen to the singles that you use before your album comes out and then they move on. But my albums have always reflected. So on my albums, there's, you know, love, there's heartbreak, there's friendship, there's God, there's probably some family, you know, there's all of these different things. Um, And probably especially from maybe like the W experience to the R&BW album which is the last two albums that I put out my music has gotten increasingly more personal so it's the things that I'm either going through or thinking about so like mercy I'm talking to God and mm-hmm. I'm literally just leaving it all out there and just saying hey I know I've been fucking up sometimes mm-hmm. but I'm really trying on unborn child I'm thinking about you know when am I going to get married and my kids what would I want to tell my kids so mm-hmm. my music has always reflected who I am now. Sometimes people will look at you and see success. Was that see, too long? No, 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 no judgment zone. No judgment just zone. Want, yeah, zone. exactly. Um, people might see somebody who's already achieved a lot with his career. Mm. Um, you're a brand ambassador on on a number of of. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. He says as he leans back and strokes his beard. I did not do that. <laughs> we don't need to put a camera on in here because you just be lying. <laughs> Baby, why you lying? <laughs> exactly, exactly. If I was good, good, good. You've, for some people, have achieved a lot of things. And when you went away for, to film school, for example, yeah. like, ah, what's this guy trying to do? Yeah. Um, some people will say you're spreading your oats a bit too far mm-hmm. or are you quitting music? But, I mean, you have your own thoughts behind that and there's a reason for that, right? Mm. It's beyond just career development and things. I like mm. to hear where that angle was for you and uh, because I'm sure there's someone listening right now who might have been in the same job for I don't know how many years and they feel that you know what I love my job Mm. I'm going to stay here but they could achieve a little bit more Mm. so with me I'm obsessed with achieving more okay like it's something that I'm actually obsessed with like I'm obsessed with what's the next chapter you know as I start to achieve certain goals that I lay out for myself I start thinking okay, I have to set the bar higher, I have to broaden my horizons, I have to do more. Mm-hmm. Because, oh man, I could talk about, this I can talk about all day. Okay. Um, but, I try to shorten it. So, the people that I look up to in life, not necessarily people that I have a one-on-one relationship with, but people that I've studied, that I've looked up to, are people who have been able to take what was given to them and expand it and, and do so many great things. Excuse me. So, um, the Jay Z's of the world, right? right? Jay Z's a rapper. What's rap? It's talking on a beat. Mm-hmm. There are some rappers that have just talked on a beat and gone home, and that was the last we heard of them. Yes. But this is somebody who's become CEO of one of the biggest rap labels in the world, who's owned sports franchises and agencies and advertising agencies, and he's now a sports 
management or agent you know what I mean like mm-hmm. he's done so many things with this thing that's called rap music yeah. look at Dr. Dre yeah there are people who have made beats and gone home and that's all they'll ever be and that's fine but there are other people like Dr. Dre who've gone from making beats to making headphones and now he's the first billionaire in hip hop mm. so I'm I'm obsessed with the the chase of success I'm obsessed with the journey of you know hitting your goals and then setting new ones because I think that the day that you become satisfied and you rest on your oars that's just the beginning of the end and I feel like I have so much more to do and I'm actually frustrated with where I am believe it or not like I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not even close to happy with where I am in my life because I just feel like man ha, I should be doing so much more I should be rich I should rich-ta. be you know I just that's this is just the way that I so think. do you feel some days you wake up and you're like man I have Oprah money I want Bill Gates money I don't even have Oprah money <laughs> So, okay. Funny enough, they 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 bring they they do this. They've done this Forbes list. I don't know when. I don't know why. Who told Forbes to come to Africa? But they came. They started putting me on this list. People were like, oh, I'm like, please, entertainment guys. We don't have money. We know the people that have money in Africa. The Dangotes, uh-huh. the dollars uh-huh. the politicians that have stolen. You know, we know the people that have money. But then, entertainment guys, people like you, you have the the air of the the, the youths, as we say. Yes. Um, you I just, have influence. I just want to say that that please, I'm not wealthy. Okay, I've I've achieved some success, and I'm very grateful for so it. So you're rich, but you're not wealthy. I don't even know if I would. I don't know because I've seen some <laughs> rich people. You know what I mean? So that's so so okay. So back to what we were saying before. That's I'm I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with okay. just trying to do as much as possible. One of my favorite parables in the Bible is the one about the talents. Mm. And God gave somebody ten, God gave somebody five, God gave somebody one. And the guy with ten comes back with ten more. And the guy with five comes back with five more. And the guy with one talent takes the talent and just holds on to it mm. and returns with the one. And that guy messed up. Right? So what that means to me is like, okay, God has given you this thing. Mm-hmm. It's music or whatever. You have to do more than that. You have to go invest it, spread your tentacles as far as possible and have more to show than what you started out with. Mm. And that's just the way that I think. So even the film school thing and the production thing now and all the many things that I'm trying to get into, which are a lot, it's actually unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But it all goes back to the way that I'm wired and the way that I think is that, you know, I should be doing more with what I've been blessed with. And I'm until the day that I die, I'm gonna be trying to do that. That's just the way I think. Are there any situations you've been in where trying to go into it, your alarm bells are going off and you're shit scared? Oh yeah. And you think this is going to end tits up, it's gonna be probably one of clusterfuck <laughs> of nonsense. I shouldn't go anywhere. Don't open that door. And then you psych yourself up into opening the door. You get into the room, shut the door, and you're like, man, I'm so glad I touched that doorknob. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever... One of the toughest things that I did was to move back to Nigeria. Mm. Because my none of my immediate family members live in Nigeria. My parents, my siblings, nobody, zero. So here I am in New York with meanwhile I graduated, had a great degree from a great school, had a great job working for an engineering company in New York, 
making good money for somebody who just gotten out of university, mm-hmm. right? So there's that safety and security of every two weeks you get a check. Mm-hmm. Now, aside from my salary, I was getting like bonus checks for if you closed like a big deal, you sold this big service contract on some engineering systems, building systems and things of that nature where the year... So I moved back February 2008. In 2007, my bonus was more than my base salary. So this is just setting it up to let you know yeah, you how comfortable good. I was very, very okay. And then, but then that's the ironic thing about life is when you're not fulfilled, you know. Mm. When you have, there's this uncomfortable feeling, there's this frustration, there's, I dare say there's almost this little depression where you could be making money, but if you're not happy, it's that period of just being unhappy will just be there and it will just be hanging over you like a cloud. So yeah. here I am every day just thinking about, man, what, what am I doing here at this job? Like, this is not what I'm meant to be doing. So one of the toughest things for me was to say, I want to quit this job, quit this safety and security of getting this check every two weeks. I moved back to Nigeria where, by the way, my parents don't live, my siblings don't live. And you haven't been since you were 17? No, I mean, I'd been like twice. Okay. Since I was wow, twice or a once. whole two times, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's insignificant exactly. in the grand scheme of things, yeah. yeah. So it was, it, was, it was a very risky thing. In fact, yeah. I struggled with it for probably a good month and a half. Uh-huh. Every day it changed, okay, I'm ready, I'm going to quit. And then, no, I'm not going to quit. And, and that was scary because... I didn't know, you know. I didn't know if it was going to work out. I didn't know if I was going to fall flat on my face. Mm. But what I did know was that if I didn't try it, I would regret it to the day that I died. That you had this window of opportunity to just do what you wanted. I'm, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have any responsibilities to anybody. And I, and I have a degree. Mm-hmm. So if I'm ever going to just take this risk and say, fuck it, throw caution to the wind, mm-hmm. try it. And if it doesn't work... You know you tried. So I actually went to church on the 31st of December 2008. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that came at a very tough time because I'd had a rough year. Things weren't really working out. I wasn't making any money. I was dead broke, like dead broke. I'd spent everything that I had. Like I said, I was borrowing 5K every week. So I was praying that God, you know, am I in the right place? Should I have listened to my mom? Was that your voice saying that yeah. I shouldn't come? And then leaving church, I now got robbed and like driven around for an hour and, you know, kind of beat up. And so I was now like at the worst mental, the worst mental state that I had been pretty much in my life. Even when I've had health scares, I don't think I was this low. Yeah. Um, But again, you know, thank God. I didn't, you know, that's mm-hmm. why I tell people now, like I just, I was just speaking at a conference the other day and I was telling the participants that the good thing about rock bottom is when you hit it, you know that there's nowhere else to go, but up. you know, like this is it. It cannot, unless I die, it cannot possibly get mm. any worse than where I am now. And sometimes you just need to turn the car. You just need to hold on through that period because mm. it's like, after the night is the blackest mm-hmm. it's only after the night is the blackest that the morning comes it sounds cliche but it's actually true mm-hmm. so for me it was like I was this close to throwing in the towel and just saying you know what fuck it I asked my dad for a year and a half 10 months have gone by 
I think that's enough. It's time to go. But thank God, you know, I kind of just held on just that little bit longer mm-hmm. and things turned around from yeah. there. So I mean I, I there's there's one thing that I've been told um by people that say, Oh, I want to move back to Nigeria, for example, and they send messages, you know, that certain blogs like Bella Niger has this mm. section on moving back to Nigeria and the experience. Oh, okay. Um I've read a few of the testimonies, I guess, of people mm. who've come and had a successful career in Nigeria and I've always thought, man, they're not asking real people. They should ask real people like me what moving back to Nigeria was yeah, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're my friends who have moved to Nigeria and within months moved back. And they had the soft landing. They yeah. had, they yeah. landed at the airport and the brand new car was handed to them. Yeah. A house was handed to them. They don't, you know, they had everything and sure. they still didn't hack it for three months. And there are those who, you know, stuck it through based on, okay, I'm here to marry. So I must focus and yeah. stick through it. And, yeah. But they all had the soft landing and I didn't. And, I remember my right up until I remember there was a there was a period in two thousand and nine, November two thousand and nine, I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. And I wrote on, on social media, this is when I was still active on, on Twitter, and I said, Nigeria, you have won. You have defeated me. Oh. I'm done. And I was so crushed at that point in time. And we, mm. we used to have conversations a lot back then as well yeah. about different mm. things. And mm. there was the day that you told me about the robbery incident and, mm. and some other things you'd been through and I thought, My goodness, like you were the first person who I thought was actually honest with me mm. about the reality of chasing your dreams. Mm. And I'm not going to say chasing your dreams in Nigeria necessarily because I don't, doesn't mean you'll go to America sure. or Kuwait or whatever and it'll be easy. Sure. So the reality of chasing your dreams and sticking with what you're doing, even when your parents support you, but they still are worried yeah. about you. Yeah. So if my mom would call, for example, like, eh, so you're still there but you had a good job like why did you leave can't you just Mm -hmm. reapply and and my mom is very supportive of what I do so Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much a case of I think you're making a a big mistake come back it was just I know how you like to live your life Mm. I know how you were doing before Mm. and this person I'm talking on the phone with right now isn't you Mm. do you need to leave and there comes a point where I guess from being stubborn I started saying I have to stay here because I have to make sense of this mm-hmm. that I've been through. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't leave here and let this bullshit be all it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to have happened for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And did, did you feel the same as well? Like one of the reasons why you were there, you'd hit you know the funny you're thing the low wrong. When I mm-hmm. when I hit rock bottom, yeah. So the, so then after so I got robbed. Which by the way, so I got robbed driven around for an hour they used my car to rob other people so it was a harrowing experience I thought I was going to get shot I started praying Psalm 91 the, the robbery story is actually very interesting yeah. and do now, you want to tell it in I, I retrospect some people might not know is, I, I think or I should write you it just because it's I just think you should write it yeah. I'll I write enjoy it your blog post like Bella Niger or my do. blog or something yeah anyway so the next day somebody in the house got drunk took like a caretaker that was in Shagno's house got drunk took my car Skilled over, I got her and lodged it yeah. in, in somebody's wall in the estate that we lived. Yeah. So now, not only was I broke, not only was my music not working, not only could I not get booked for a show to save my life, not only had I spent everything that I had saved to the point where I was borrowing 5K, not only was my car breaking down all over Lagos, now my sole means of transportation was lodged inside somebody's wall with a Nepal pole on it. Damn. So you know what that's... First, you got to... The neighbor's wall, then there's a network, like it was just, then I didn't have a car anymore. And I couldn't call my parents. Yeah. 
because I didn't want to hear that. Should be I told you, hmm. and and I, I I just didn't want to hear that. I just didn't want my mom to say, oh yeah 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 yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Oh yeah, return back to New York. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean because it have been like you know should be we warned you, mm-hmm. and so that made it doubly hard. Because in fact the funny thing was that night obviously the robbers took my phone, and my mom had called my phone from Yankee, mm-hmm. and was not and somebody else picked up. And was now taunting my mother to say, "Where is your son? Do you know what has happened to him and all of oh, this stuff?" No. And if you know Mrs. Wellington, by yeah. the way, I think the robbers that robbed me that night are probably dead, because my mom is a prayer warrior. Like my mom is a pastor. She's Honestly. not somebody that you want to. So I, immediately she already fired all kinds of prayers. Yeah. Uh, so by the time I finally got home, I now called her from Shagun's phone, and I was like, "Oh, I lost my phone. I couldn't even tell her that I got robbed, yeah. and what I had just been through because I didn't want her to freak out and say, oh, yeah." you know be going anyway so that made it twice as hard because now you can't even tell your parents Mm -hmm. who you would normally want to lean on in those kinds Mm -hmm. of times um but i just and thank god for people like shagun who were just like my guy man this is it you are here it can't get any worse you know what i mean so and and that's what i feel like sometimes and and you know the funny thing before i was speak i was speaking at this conference like i said the other day and I was just doing research and reading inspirational stories online. And you will find that more often than not, people that are successful have that rock bottom moment. It's actually very, but very But we don't common. all pull through. Some people hit we rock don't. bottom and they just keep spiraling down. We don't. Some people hit rock bottom and then they give in to drugs, depression, Absolutely. alcohol. And that is a um, very... Suicide, whatever it is, because they do not see a way out the end. Absolutely. And, so and, what and, is that thing that helps you claw out of it? It's a couple of things. And, and I can only really speak on my own okay. experience. I can't, you know, I can't speak on every single case in the history of the world but I can say that for me number one without a doubt is the grace of God Mm. number two is just dogged determination and just saying you know what it's like you said sometimes you use that oh I told you you can't work as motivation sometimes you use that this bullshit that is happening to me cannot be the end of my story. Like, mm. I, I, I'm like, just like you said, like you, you know, you got to the point where you're just like, man, Nigeria, you have won, and you just want to throw in the towel. Yeah. And but then you think about it, and you're like, man, I've come so far chasing this thing. Like, this cannot, please God, this can't be the end of the story. Like, fuck no, this, mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's all it is. It's just just that. Holding on to that thing that you know what, I I'm not going to tuck my tail between my legs and go back and say, you know, I just tried, that it didn't work. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it is. It's like I said them the other day. I said, falling in in pursuit of your dreams, yeah. falling down is inevitable, but getting back up is optional. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to face hard times. You're going to hit rock bottom. You're going to be at your wit's end. But it's what you do in that moment that separates the great, the people who actually, truly, eventually achieve greatness mm-hmm. from the rest of us. And more often than not, if you... Re- and, and 
that's why I, I always encourage people to learn. Not only learn about your field, but just learn about success, learn about lead, leadership, learn, just read and just sometimes just use those stories to encourage yourself because a lot of people have been there. You know, a lot of people have all the people that you see that are successful and stuff, they can tell you about the point in their life where they were just like, Man, this shit is fucked. Yeah. Up. And for me, that was that was one of the times I've been through a lot of. Like, I'm gonna write a book one day. I told somebody the other day, like, I really should write a book, because people see me with my carved baby and they think that ah, no, this one is has always been great for him, but it really hasn't. But we thank God we're here. So I'd really like to hear more of those. Um, I know some of them you've told me. Mm. Uh, some of them you haven't shared yet with the general public. <laughs> I've shared I've shared and, a few with you. No, so. with the general public, oh, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. and um, I'd really like to. To read about them, I guess, and, and have people be inspired by the things you've yeah. been through. Because like you said, a lot of people see the end product. Yeah. They see Banky W and his Maya Tafu suit and they're inspired and by makes those the, great suits, He though. does. And you make them look good when you wear them, though. You know and I mean? that's all we see. But we don't know, you know, in the same way you wear... They say, the, is it the man that makes a suit, not the suit makes a man, you know? Right. The the fact that it sits so well on you is based on the work you put God in to look good. In I say I'm taking you to my so. shoes. Let me tell these people. Let me tell them who back. I am. Yep, 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 yep. Hello. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. With a vex. Uh, sorry. Oh, with a vex records. Yeah, with a vex of me and tools. So, I mean, is there anything now that you would say has happened to you in the past ooh, 10 years or so mm-hmm. where you can say that moment, that incident it touched me. It it really, really shook me to my core. Besides the robbery, where you were hurt, and it's real pain. It's it's a physical, gut wrenching, oh, emotional yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you never yeah, thought yeah. you would get through it. And then somehow, you wake up one day and you're so grateful for that pain in a very warped, almost masochistic way. Because without that pain, you um, would not have evolved to who you are now. Well, I'm a big believer in um, in kind of. I, I, again, so I read this somewhere and I don't remember where, but it said something something along the lines of everything that happens to you or everyone that you come into contact with or every situation that you find yourself is either a blessing or a lesson. Mm. And so I don't really regret a lot of things because if it's really, really bad and really screwed up, then I'm going to learn something from it. And or I'm going to be a stronger, wiser, better, more knowledgeable, more prepared person at the end of it. Yes. So everything that I've gone through in life, I kind of look at it through those frames or through those lenses. So um, emotional pain, absolutely. I've been heartbroken, you know. Um, (laughs) I... uh, (laughs) I was dating. Don't you just love it when guys talk about heartbreak and then they giggle like, <laughs> "Oh, I was heartbroken." You know, it's tough for <laughs> Whereas guys. Whereas when you speak with some girls like, "I was heartbroken," you can it could have happened twenty years ago. The daggers in the eyes there, <laughs> it's still very real. Uh, you know, I guys don't know. like, "Oh, cute." She thought she broke my heart. <laughs> no, 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 but she did. She okay. did. Okay, um, but and and that I probably didn't quite react to it the right way because I just became an asshole mm. after that and like punished every girl for a certain period of time from that and then and some people may say that I probably even till today the way that I kind of protect myself yeah 
is still stems back to that experience, which is probably not a good thing. Because, mm. you know, we all have baggage, but excess luggage is expensive, as you know, in yes. the airports, man. Like, you don't want to be paying for that for no. the rest of your life. Sorry. But I've had that. I've had uh, health scares. I've had cancer in my shoulder, mm. you know. But like I said, you know, every kind of pain, every kind of bad situation that you find yourself or every good situation that finds yourself it's either a blessing or a lesson Absolutely. so you as long as you as long as you learn from it and as long as you pick yourself back up and you keep going then it's fine mm. but when if in in the face of the adversity what you choose to do at that point is really what is crucial and so for me I've tried so f- thank God so far sometimes it's harder than others but I've tried at every point where I've hit that kind of stumbling block or whatever you know to kind of pick myself back up and say you know what I gotta keep going and that's what I try to share with people whenever I get a chance to speak and say you know whatever it is you're going through there are people that have, that have it 10 times worse than you you know and so it's it's how you deal with it that, that counts and um, who do you go to for business advice and how do you deal with business situations I mean you you are very much responsible for a, a very impressive record label. And Thank God. There, there, like you said, lots of things that you're working on as well, production and all sorts mm. as well. And um, with what you do, it's it's very different from the kind of model I, f- I see a lot of people have. And I'm mm. not just talking about the corporates, even guys in the entertainment industry. Mm. Um, some guys have done record labels and run them for a few years and unfortunately it's gone under. Mm. So... What sounding board do you have for for business, and how how would somebody spot that kind of person within their own network to help them achieve? Well, um, believe it or not, so 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 somebody like Shagun obviously is like a kind of a big brother role yeah. to me. You know, you know, obviously we work together to to a certain respect in business, um, but also a lot of the inspiration or I don't know the word to use that I have for business like the role models that I have in the business world I don't actually know but that's the great thing about the internet today is Mm -hmm. so much information and so much knowledge and so much is literally at the palm of your hands Mm -hmm. you just have to dig it out and that's what I tell people is like Everybody's looking for a savior or a hand-me-down or something. And sometimes you just need to do the research. Be your own hero. Just look. It's out there. That's great. Google is like one of my favorite things. Like after Jesus Christ. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Because there's so much information out there. Like you want to be inspired. You want to learn. You know this. I'm a chef in training, right? Till date the only thing that I've learned from is Google because I literally just look up recipes print it out go to the grocery store and say hey where is this this is literally how I learned to cook mm-hmm. where is this 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 and they would walk me to the aisle and show me mm-hmm. and I would take it back and I would try it sometimes it would taste great sometimes it would taste like shit <laughs> and I would just keep trying and working my way to the point where now I probably first of all I cook better than all of my friends there's none of my friends that cook better than me okay. and then in most cases even their wives okay come to even you their for wives recipes. come to me and say oh when are you cooking for us you know that kind of thing yeah and I'm going to open a restaurant by the grace of God amen 
in the next year, maybe year and a half. Okay. It's going to be called Chef W's. Okay. And, but how did I do all of this? Nobody, because when I was a kid, I wasn't interested in, my mom is a great cook, but I wasn't interested in learning from her as a guy. I was, I was running away from the kitchen. Yeah. So I didn't learn how to cook for my mom. And there was nobody that said, oh, you know, opening a restaurant for you may be a good idea. Or if you want to, let me teach you how to make. I didn't learn any of that. Mm -hmm. But again, there's so much information. That's why I tell people is like, Yes, it's if you can find somebody in the field that you are in to kind of be your advisor or be your mentor, that's fantastic. But even until you find that person, mm-hmm. there's so much information that's out there. There's so much that... But you just have to be willing to to do the work and to take the time out to do that. And then... And, 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 and that's something that I'm big on. I'm big on learning. Like, never stop learning. Read books scour the internet for articles and if you can take the time out and take a damn class like mm-hmm. I was getting into I'm getting into uh, into filmmaking and production and all of that now and I've been around cameras you know for many many years but it was important to me to say you know what let me take time out of my schedule and just go and only focus on this thing for two three months yeah and just learn the t- just the basic technical things so that when somebody's talking about or the f-stop on a camera or the exposure you know technical things you understand I what it means and what why it is. it's important so yeah. I have the creativity thank God I have the talent and all of that yeah. but it's important for me to have that knowledge where I feel confident in what I'm doing yeah and, and since you got back from that you've besides shooting what three videos how many have I done? I think I've done... No, I mean, I've done during, four videos. Actually, no. You did three back-to-back. I did three, to back. three when I was yes. there. And then I've done four One afterwards. And then you did the commercial. And I did commercial. a TV, DSTV TV mm-hmm. commercial. Mm-hmm. And that's just the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even do as many things as I planned to do this year. Mm-hmm. So, by the grace of God, I'll do a whole lot more. But, like I said, if you can... F- don't get me wrong. Mentors are great. If you can find somebody that's, like, in your field. Like, if I had a, another artist yeah. or something... Now, don't get. I did learn from a lot of artists. I learned from LD. Mm-hmm. I learned from Kobams. I learned from people who were in the music field. But you know, at the same time, in everything I've done, I've done a hell of a lot of research. I've looked up stuff. I've read books. I've taken classes. What kind of books? Are they more self-help or business books or all kinds of books? I, I mean, one of the books that I read that I loved was the um, biography of Steve Jobs. Okay. And I just told you his life story and told you some of the things that he believed in. And I found it very helpful because at the end of the day, yeah, he has a technology company, but he was a young man that was trying to find his way and find his voice and build a business and pursue his dreams. Might have been a different dream from mine, but I could identify with that. I could identify with the struggles and the good times and the bad times. And, you know, that was a great book. You know what I mean? Now I'm reading a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. And it's just about, okay, you know, and this is also very important. It's like everybody has dreams, but the graveyard is still the richest place on earth because most people die with those dreams, yeah. dreams that could have changed the world. Yeah. So how do you move from dreaming something to executing it? And I'm reading this book because it talks about execution as a company, which is so now, you know, I'm at the point where it's not just me, mm-hmm. right? So I can't do every single thing by myself. Mm. So I need to find a way to be able to motivate the people that work for me mm-hmm. in EME or the people that work for me in Tilt, my mm-hmm. production company, or whatever, to say, listen, we need to make this more than what it is. We need to be doing better. 
and this is how we go about it. And I'm reading that book, and 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 half of the time it's stuff that I kind of know subconsciously, but I need to be reminded about. Okay, you need to think about it like this, and you need to make sure that you're doing this. And I'm reading it just so that I can get that, and hopefully use it to inspire my people. So because if they do everything that they're supposed to do, it's only going to make me, you know, better at what yeah. I do. So. So never stop learning. I, that was a long. Way no, of it wasn't. Um, however, I am there. kind of conscious that I think I might only have five more minutes with you. Oh my god! Because it's supposed to be an hour. I told you it would go really fast. Yeah, was that sarcastic? Like, it was, wasn't it? Oh my what, goodness! Me? Yeah, you said, "Oh my god!" No, 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 no. no. I was really? just kidding. Really, I was just really, really. You know, I'll get I love you, you back. I'm going to sprinkle. We can't do it all night, Vijay. Sprinkle- <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Not a problem. I'm going to sprinkle um, alum into your your. Uh, yes, your please ice keep cubes. me away yes. from the alum. <laughs> that thing just sounds. Oh my god! No, it, it tastes as disgusting as you imagine it does. I love my grandma. Bless her. Okay, she meant so well. She meant well. She did. She did. And I'm sure a doctor's probably listening in. And please, if you're listening in and you understand what I was talking about, <laughs> explain to me the logic behind what my grandma did, please. Thank you. I think only your grandma could. Only <laughs> <laughs> my grandma. I, I, I don't, she's now s- taking the secrets of the grave with her. So I'll never know. Really. Well, then. I'll never just know. You and Alan just, to just you that. <laughs> Alam and Lime. If I was good, good, good. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thought that you find yourself having more often than not? When I wake up in the morning mm. every day, the mm. first thought that I think is, should I take my dog Duke for a walk? He's so this cute. morning, yeah. Is he better now? He was ill recently. Wasn't He's he? much better. He's oh. actually fine now, thank okay. God. But I because I wake up very early. I wake up at five thirty, six a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. Even if I've been out all night, I may sleep till like seven, but that's it. Like I'm always up first thing at the mm-hmm. crack of dawn. And I'm trying to, and I found that if I don't take Duke for the walk at that six a.m. It becomes harder to do it later, later on yeah. in the day. So that's usually my first thought is like, so do I, am I going to do this now or am I going to let it do go? Do you let other people walk Duke when you can't? Uh, yes, okay. I, I do. But but m- more often than not, I mean, it's my dog. So yeah, I, you know, I feel like so. I should be the one walking him. Is there a Mrs. Duke on the horizon? Like, does he have a girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're asking does me? Does he have several? <laughs> he has a few, actually. <laughs> Duke is a pimp you and he does dog. not get it from me yeah, really? let me just let that be known really he has a natural affinity okay. for the females if you say that we'll, we'll try and act like it's true that's fine um, you've already okay dropped a couple of books that you're reading or you've read mm-hmm. uh, but I'd like to know if there's one book that you would recommend to anyone listening right now who you think they should um, do, besides the bible that they should pick up and read I like, recommend the bible now besides mm-hmm. the bible um, a book that that I would I don't know I mean probably the two that I mentioned in in this interview I think are pretty good okay um, pretty good places to start um, yeah maybe, let me just go because I because there's a good reason for every book that I've found interesting enough to read there's a really good reason to read it so yeah. so let's just stick with those two okay and yeah. um, is there a mantra that has got you through good days bad days something you just repeat to yourself over and over again <sighs> mantra there's a few um, one of my favorite things which I don't even know I think we coined this ourselves as in me Tunde and Tino was 80% of achieving anything is just believing enough in it to keep going sorry can you say that a bit closer to the mic sorry 80% of achieving anything is just believing in it enough 
believing in it enough to keep going, believing in it enough to do whatever it takes, believing it. But at the end of the day, just believing in it 80%. And, and <laughs> this is something that we say to each other, right? And you, it's so funny, but it worked. And I don't only mean it worked in terms of business or achieving your dreams. I mean, when we were much younger and it was just talking to girls, right? Just going to a club and meeting a girl and trying to get some... some play. Her number. Get her number, get some play, whatever. Okay. And it's just like, if you don't believe it yourself, right, it's not going to work. Mm. But if you if you psych yourself to believing that, ah, this girl, I go get her now. Like, believe it or not, 80% of it is just that, having that mindset, that, ah, what is it? What's there? Yeah. I very come, let me go and talk to this girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to going to talk or not going at all or being shook about it. Like, it's just like 80% of achieving anything, anything at all, is just believing it in it enough and just having it in your mind that I will do this thing and you'll find that more often than not it'll work. Um, another thing that we went with is um, the best way to predict your future is to create it, which I always thought was a powerful one. That's yeah. an anonymous quote. I don't know who came up with that, but the best way to predict your future is to create it. I always held on to that one. Um, and then the one that I shared earlier, which is one that I kind of coined myself, which is falling down is inevitable, but getting back up is optional. Yeah. I have a few like that. But those those are three good ones. So And the rest will be on uh, R and BW part four. <laughs> I mean we'll call it the mantra, the life. You know what I mean? The bank statement. The progressive man. The bank statement. There we go. I prefer Let that go. actually. See this is why you're the one doing writing all the lyrics, cashing all the checks. <laughs> okay, um are there any lessons learned that you would you would share with us today? I think I've shared I should a just few. give us one. One main lesson that you think one main lesson um never eat the last chicken in the cooking pot always eat the last always chicken always eat the last <laughs> cooking pot one main lesson um I don't think anything the, the great thing about this kind of interview is that nothing is less or more important than the others yeah um but I guess just just hopefully that if anybody that that takes the time to listen to this in its entirety just walk away with the knowledge that nothing is impossible literally nothing is important nothing every great feat in life in history was once thought to be impossible mm. everything every the the car that you drive was once thought that it would never outrun a horse the fact that we fly planes and we take it for granted but there was a point when that was thought to be impossible there was a time when a black man was never going to be president of the United States. This is a country that came for, from slavery, for God's sakes. Yeah. And they, they said Clinton was going to be the closest that we would ever get to yeah. a black president of the U.S. So the point being, until it's done, it always seems impossible, mm -hmm. especially if it's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So just know that it's not impossible, number one. Number two, that sometimes you just have to hold on and you just have to find a way to not give up on your dream what I said the other day which is like a new mantra that I coined is dream it, do it and don't give up on it dream it, do it, don't give up on it have your dreams, have your visions have your goals then take the steps to make those 
dreams come true. Don't sit around in your house waiting for Jesus Christ to come and appear in your bathroom and give you the blueprints. Like, God never gives you everything to get through the entire journey, but it gives you enough to start where you are. Okay. Just start where you are. And then don't give up on it because invariably, times will be hard. Things will be difficult. You will hit rock bottom at some point. But when you hit those points, know that the best, the, the greatest thing about it is that at least you know there's nowhere else to go but yeah. up. So don't give up on it. Dream it, do it, don't give up on it. Okay, and um, I would love to hear a very, very embarrassing story now. After I've said all this great motivational yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's been a bit deep so far. You know what I mean? I've been on like my Obama, leave, Obama so mode, you know what I mean? Okay. You've been good. Thank you. Round of applause for the, junk, for the gentleman. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Now, the embarrassing story. Embarrassing However, story. However, I don't want to hear the story. Okay. I don't want to know the specifics, no okay. details. Mm-hmm. Just four words. In four words, tell me the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you, an incident. In four words. In four words. I'll tell you two. Two embarrassing things. Ooh. So, four words for one, four words for the other. Okay. Twice as nice. <laughs> I don't even need to say forward for the first one. Okay. Girl, fart. That's two words. I need four. I need four. That's the rule. Girl, fart, hot. Car? Room. Okay. That's one. Hot girl, fart, room. That's one. Okay. Second one. Bicycle <laughs> Bicycle I don't know where you're going with this But it sounds painful already You bicycle, started with bicycle Hold on Bicycle Sister <laughs> Pink Friends Gota Oh Ew Yeah Bicycle sister friends got that. I feel your pain, man. Thank you. It was tough. I, I need a minute. He loves you. Can we go to commercial? Especially you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please tell us how we can find you. Social media, the interwebs, your home address, Instagram, your bank account details, Instagram, <laughs> everything. Instagram, Banky Wellington, Twitter, Banky W, Snapchat, Banky Wellington. Um. I'm no longer on Facebook because Facebook was convinced that I'm not Banky W. So this, they, and I kept seeing things where people profile. were trying to take money off people yes. by pretending that. They so were they were paid. trying to stop that, which I applaud them trying to stop that. But then in their in their attempt to do that, they now said even I was not myself. Wow! So they disabled my account, and I tried to get it back, and then I just got tired, so I let it go. So I'm no longer on Facebook. But mm. there is a Facebook artist page. You know, facebook.com slash online, but I'm not really there, so, I'll, so okay. whatever. Anyway, Instagram Banky Wellington, Twitter Banky W, Snapchat Banky Wellington. And your website, which you put up blog posts when you. <laughs> your blog posts have slowed down over the years. Oh man, it's terrible. Twitter yeah. killed my blog. Yeah. Twitter killed my blog. It did. Because then, then instead of writing articles, I was writing little tweets. Yeah. And then replying people and all of that. Yeah. So, uh, what, what the hell is my blog post? bankywellington.blogpost.com blogspots.com yes I think I'm actually not even I will I will double check and put up a link um, for people who who might be trying to find it yeah I think it's bankywellington.blogspot.com I think okay 
That's yeah. it. That's it. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having and me. And thanks for the happiness in the cup as well. You are welcome. It's been awesome having you. Thank you. Pleasure. Okay, so you've been listening to The Osolid. And if you have any questions or experiences that you would like to share, then please send it to contact at oracogoddess.com. Email's welcome. I love voice notes as well. And if you have anything that you send me via voice note, I can actually, you know, cut it into the next episode. If you have any questions specifically for Banky W, um, such as you want to join your record label or your After production company. Spirit. <laughs> um, are you hiring people at the moment for your production company? Um, I'm trying to build a team, okay. um, a core crew that I can be using on shoots and I'm still in the middle of in that. So if you, if you are... Actually, this is a good point. If you are a very fantastic DP uh, or an editor, um, those are the positions that I'm really more interested in than others at okay. the moment. You know, of course, sound, of course, lighting, and all these sound, other lighting, DP, editor, but if you animation, like, yeah, you know, if you actually, I have a pretty good animator okay. now, so I'm okay with that. Okay. But anyway, if you're in production, I mean, production and shooting and all of that, and you think that you'd be a good fit, definitely help. Okay. <laughs> he just dropped his microphone. I didn't do that. It dropped I think shirt. that's our cue to say goodnight. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to um, subscribe, share, leave a review, and we will catch you next week on The Unsolid. Thank you for listening. Icon, I didn't do it. I swear to God. He dropped your mic again. I did not. I didn't even touch it. Again. He dropped your mic. My mother told me that she will buy me a rubber dolly if I was good, good. Technical support for the Unsolid with Oracle Goddess is brought to you by the Red Room Studios.